This is four-time Stanley Cup champion Darren McCarty, the Detroit Red Wings, coming up on the I Only Touch Greatness podcast. Yeah, the mayor of C-Town, Ryan Hayes, and his big-name guest.
code and follow. Often imitated but never duplicated, I Only Touch Greatness Podcast with Ryan Hayes. I Only Touch Greatness Podcast. Vancouver's best show. Hey, good. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but we uh, we had you on maybe two years ago, and you're absolutely, absolutely. And I look at uh, that's why it was cool when Nick uh, reached out to me. I was like, damn, yeah, hell. And you look at what you got five hundred and fifty some episodes. Like you guys are just killing it. Yeah, since then you were like episode like twenty or something back then. That's awesome, bro. How, everything else been good. Hey, you got my boy talking behind the bench. Yeah, you got, my boy, you got my boy Heronic, so you're going to love him. Actually, he's a, he's a great kid. Oh, okay. I was very disappointed in the in that trade, but I hope he's going to be good. Yeah, no, I mean, like, that's something that it was one of those things too good to be true on our end that you over, but, I, but he's a guy that can be a top, you know, top two guy there or whatever. Like, he's, and he's a good guy. Like, he's a, you're going to like him because he's a good, he's a good dude. He's one of my favorite kids that I've come across, even when he was young. Okay. So, uh, we're basically, what happened last time is your camera didn't work for me, and uh, our interview, I didn't really get too much publicity because I didn't push it too hard without having the camera view. So, I might run through some of the same questions. Obviously, you're going to get that one question you get every interview about the Colorado, but well, it's it, it's the anniversary, right? This is yeah. like it's March, it's March twenty sixth ish. So yeah. I mean, if St. Patty's Day comes around, and we got to talk about that because, yeah, no, obviously, no, no worries, bro. Whatever you want okay. to talk about. I got actually have the E sixty going on in the background here on at my house watching it. The okay, so born in Burnaby, other than Joe Sack, you must be the most famous one. Uh, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, Joe, Joe Sackick, myself, and uh, Brady Leopold, right out of Burnaby General. So, okay. uh, so what was childhood like for you growing up then? Well, I, unfortunately, I didn't grow up out west. I moved back out east to, uh, to my grandparents with my mom when I was uh, six months old. So town of Woodsley. Now, when they say the town I grew up in, so I was born in Burnaby, my hometown is uh, Leamington, but the the town I till I was five years old when my mom got remarried, um, I lived in Woodsley, which is halfway. So just so everybody gets geography, the house that I grew up in, right in Leamington, give or take ten minutes for the U.S. border, took me forty minutes to get to Little Caesars Arena. So I grew up pretty much like Detroit's step stepchild. Right. Uh grew up and I remember watching uh the Red Wings in the seventies when they stunk. Uh, but they were the dead wings, but uh they were always my team. Love lovable losers, I guess. So uh yeah. back then 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 they got Stevie Y and then they got Proby and Joey, and even though we still couldn't win, we could beat people up, so that was cool. I like yeah, that. I love that picture you got in the background there. Oh, so this is actually, it's a six-foot-tall, I thought it'd be a good backdrop. It's a six-foot-tall painting that I got. Um, that's me when we won in 97, uh, climbing the glass in the penalty box. And this guy right here is my neighbor. So oh. he got it painted for me. So he was he was my neighbor uh, when I lived back in, in a suburb in Detroit. So, uh, yeah, great memories. That's what it's all about. So you were as a goalie too when you first started playing hockey, right? Well, that's why I can't skate. 
<laughs> just started in that. And usually they say goalies are the best skaters. That's yeah, not always the truth, but uh, that's my out to uh, why I couldn't. But I started off in that and um, just found my way, found my way out. I was a catcher in baseball too, so I always like to be around the the ball, the puck. So um, when I start, I guess when uh, see, because you know, growing up in Canada, things they're changed. So when you're growing up in like the the late seventies, eighties, we could we could body check. So I mean, contact and stuff like that. That was right up my alley. So that's why I always loved hockey. When did you know you were going to take it serious? Oh, I I was that kid that. Probably ten years old, you know. Okay. I was the one that always put, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And you know, hockey player. And everybody'd say, "Well, you know, you got, you can't." Not everybody. That's stupid and stuff like this. And I was like, "All right, you think it's stupid? I'll show you." Because you, you was know, really more about proving people wrong. Yeah, and you was really good at baseball. You were telling us last time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean that was my first love. But I realized when I was about fifteen that I. That even though I could hit a hundred mile an hour fastball, I couldn't hit a curveball, and I was better at punching people in the face. So, I think I made the right choice. Yeah, I think so too. Um, you spent your OHL career with the Belleville Bulls. Uh, what What do you remember about that? What's maybe one of your favorite memories of the old? I was awesome. So I I had the great fortune of playing my junior career with Brent Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky's youngest brother, yeah. and. I mean, if you watch him play, and he was a big point producer, and he was a great player, is you see the similarities in the way they skated. Um, so I was fortunate that my last year junior, I, I always make the joke that, hey, Kirk Malpe, fellow Grindline member, he had 50 goals his last year junior. I had 55, and I won player of the year, and uh, was second in uh, CHL player of the year next to Corey Hurst. So not bad for a, a guy that wasn't drafted until the second round when he was 19, and um, I love Belleville. Uh, Larry Mavity, God rest his soul, was a huge influence in, in the style that I play and old school mentality guys. So, uh, guys like Jake Grimes, our goalie Greg Dreveny, uh, who's involved at, uh, with the University of Alabama now. And, uh, Jake Grimes is a coach, uh, in Belleville still with the, uh, Ottawa Senators farm team. So, uh, just great, great dudes that I was able to play with and great time in Belleville. Yeah, you said Brett Gretzky there. Uh, he also went on to be a Danbury Trasher. Absolutely, yeah. That's the whole thing was was uh, with AJ. Was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was the cool uh, the way that everything's connected. You think everything's so far apart, but it's not. So yeah, he was the big name draw, and 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 dude, uh, we still. Uh, Every few years, we'll play NHL alumni together and, and get out there. And, you know, mind you, 35 years ago when we were playing junior. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we had AJ on the show, and that that movie was awesome. The uh, Oh, did you, back in the OHL days, uh, did you ever go and watch all the tall ships as a kid on the July long weekend? There was concerts and fireworks. Yeah, the 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 festival, the Quinny Fest, and stuff like that. Yeah, you've been been to it a few times. Yeah, uh, yeah. There wasn't. Uh, there was a great place in the summertime with the locks and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, I got a friend from the Belleville that wanted me to ask you if you saw the ships and what your favorite. Oh yeah, was. no, you have to do. I think one one time you got to make it. It's one of those those things that if you have an opportunity. Uh, you know, not too many times, so you got to make sure you see it. I think we, we made it a point to see it once. 
But 46 overall in the 92 draft, did you know Detroit wanted you? Yeah, but uh, I thought that uh, I it, you know, I remember sitting there and it was either Detroit in the late in the first round or Ottawa first pick in the second round, and and so when Detroit took Curtis Bowen, I thought I was going to Ottawa, and then when they passed, you know, I was hoping. I interviewed really good there in, in Detroit. That's where I wanted to go. Obviously, I think. Well, you know, you, you're like you want to get drafted, but it worked out for the best. Be able to play at home. I always say I'm like Detroit's favorite step stepson. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, could you tell the story about the number twenty five? Yeah, actually, people always ask me because I couldn't. You know, I wore nineteen in junior, nineteen in the minors, and I'm like, I got to. The red ones, I couldn't figure why 19 Steve Eisman wouldn't give me the jersey. I mean, I thought <laughs> that was anyway. So it came down to I I had the second choice because uh, a guy named Micah Avazoff, who I played in the minors with, had more minor league games. And I there was four choices numbers 14, 18, 25, and 27. Uh, Micah Avazoff, uh, who's from Powell River, BC, by the way. Um, actually, I've been up there uh, salmon fishing. Caught, caught a huge uh, hawker of a salmon up there one time. Oh, really? He chose 27. So I don't like even numbers. So 25 is where it is. If I had first choice, I would have been 27. Is there a reason why you don't like – Is there a reason why you don't like even numbers? No, it's more like an OCD thing. Okay. You know what I'm saying? They're just stepping on the cracks, more superstition. I'm a odd, you know, I got odd. I got 11, 11, my sobriety day, 25. N odd numbers tattooed all over me, no even ones. I got a bunch of weird tattoos, too. Yeah, so I think it's more just... Do you have one that you regret? Numbers, you numbers you in, regret? My, in my life. Like, one's a huge number, right? Yeah. You know, one one and 25 and, and together. So, I don't do know. You, OCD, that's what I'd say. Do you have a tattoo that you regret? No. No. Absolutely yeah. not. Um, first one I got in Chicago back in 94 with Proby. That's uh, Harley Davidson with the Aries sign. It's on my ankle. That would sort of be like, and I don't regret it, uh, to whatever else. One arm I have is like uh, with my grandfather, my dad, my yeah. my bass player, my band. That's like the remembrance. You don't want to be on the left arm. That means we're remembering you. And the right one is like, my Griffin, who's my son, my all my kids, Emerson, oh. Avery, and Grayson, um, and uh, yeah, so that one's more the full, but but they all mean something, and you know that's that's the great thing about tattoos; they're not only like addicting, but you get the right right one. They mean means something to everybody, or means something to you. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's that's for sure. I mean, I got one that I absolutely hate. The guy, the guy fell asleep, he G-holed while he was tattooing my stomach, and now the pen went like this. Yeah. Oh. Don't tell me what, tell me who. That sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, uh, how awesome is a friend of the show, Draper? We had him on. I've met him in person. Oh, you had I, him on? He, he wasn't He wasn't too busy? He was... Uh, no, I had him on. We also had Keenan on, and we also... Oh, uh, good. And then I also met him when he was out here doing... Couple couple of things. I know you're keen to watch Keenan play in Coquitlam. Yeah, no, I mean it's uh, what what can I say? Not a great family. Yeah, I mean he's one of my best friends in life. Uh, you know, not only the stuff that we accomplished. You know, the thing that takes so much pride in is you know 
something called the grind line, which everybody in hockey knows what that is. And that's so associates him and I, and also, you know, the uniqueness is there's four members of the grind line. It's like the Beatles, you know, it's like the, with, with Joey and Maltz and just the way that Scotty used it and successful we were, but I can't say enough great things about Chris Draper, not only the person, but the best part that people should know about Chris Draper and this Red Wing organization is he's doing everything that he wants to do and scouting young guys and trying to find the next guys and, you know, all this stuff. And behind the scenes, you look at all the guys in the organization that are doing this stuff. It's all the guys that you know that have rings. So it's just not when it's when, Um, but there's some of the, this is all the things that you used to see them when they'd be in the gym or, or sit and talk and Stevie and drapes and stuff like this. These are probably things they talked about 20 years ago. Right. And it's, and so as far as he's one of the smartest hockey minds that I know, he's one of the he's one of the hardest working guys I know. You know, here's the Chris Draper's one of those guys that if he doesn't work out, he'll get sick. Where Darren McCarty's one of those guys if he does work out, he'll get sick. So yeah. um I always tell him retired means I don't want to do it anymore. Right. You know, we always kid that he's still looking for the contract. I think we got him off the fact that he understands he's retired now. Right. Yeah, like I I think, you know, it what they have, but he, but the one thing is, is, man, he's he's a big pickleball guy. So yeah. I always say I was top ask 50 you about over that. 50 in the world right there, Chris Draper. So, um, but, no, I mean, uh, with everything that we've, we've been through on the ice, off the ice, all my trials and tribulations and stuff, it's, you know, what, where I'm at in my life, it's really cool to see the guys that stood behind me um, that, you know, I can make them proud. That's good. And obviously your first Stanley Cup, you scored the game-winning goal. Um, what went through your head right after that? Like, what kind of a moment is that? Well, I, if you watch the replay, right, I beat one guy one-on-one my whole career. It's yep. all timing. And the fact when I scored double pirouette, I come out of the corner, and who do I see? The eyes the size of dinner sausage, Steve Eisenman, the guy I've been watching since 1983, since I was 11 years old. And he's standing there looking at me going, what the F was that? And me never lost for words, go, who like this? And he <laughs> says, which is why Stevie's always right. He looks at me and he goes, thank God you don't have to do it again. Thank God he was right. And thank God Eric Lindros scored with like 11 seconds left because not only did that make my goal the clinching goal, but it also gave me my Joe Louis Arena and one of the greatest uh, memories of my life because Faceoff was outside our zone. Iserman, Shanahan, Lidstrom, Konstantinov, and Darren McCarty, the kid from Leamington, Ontario, is on the ice for that final buzzer. And like I said, it was when this when the buzzer sounded, the fans came on their feet, the guys rushed uh the goalie streamers out of the out of the ceiling. It was so loud from blue line to blue line. It was silent. And I'll never forget that. Holy. And you did score, I think this stats correct. Uh I didn't write it down. Um, you did score the last goal in the Joe Lewis, right? I don't. I don't think. I. I oh, oh. I don't okay. think that Maybe was. Not. There's a reason I didn't write no, that stat Joe, down. But Joe Lewis was gone after me. I believe oh. it was Riley Sheehan. Okay, I have had him on the show, so that might have been him. That that's that's him. Story. I think he scored two goals that game. I believe it was him. Don't quote me on that. That's just DMAC, You know. Yeah, it was probably him that told me that story. I thought it might have been you. The uh, okay, well, next question I had is fight night at the Joe. Well, it's playing in the background as well on my screen. The uh, 
As we're at, well, as we're getting close to the 26 year anniversary, yeah. anniversary. Yeah, can you tell us about that? Let's uh, get into that. And you guys are, um, as I'm seeing in the show, you guys squash the beef now. You and Claude. Well, it's, it, I, I think that that the clarity to different sides. What I will say to this day is that if you're on the ice with Claude Lemieux and you turn your back, you're an idiot. But off the ice, Darren McCarty will turn his back, you know, like and where things have come because, you know, the whole thing about March 26 and the whole thing back to Claude Demieux hitting Chris Draper from behind a year earlier in the last game, game six of the conference finals. There's so much to the added to it. And I'll take it back from the beginning narrative of my story when. I came to the Wings 93-94. We won the President Trophy, lost to San Jose first round. Go back the next year's the half the season with the lockout year. Supposed to supposed to pump Jersey in the finals, and we get absolutely trashed, embarrassed. Then we come back, set the league record, 62 wins, and then lose in the six games to Colorado, who turned out to be, you know, one of their greatest rivals from 96 to 02. But in game six, Claude Lemieux, the biggest villain in the friggin' NHL, <laughs> like the most hated guy out of anybody. And, like, he, to everybody hated him. Cheap shot artist, dirty, all this different stuff. Hit Chris Draper, my center, and the guy we're talking about from behind, broke his job, four spots, crushed his orbital bone, did it right in front of me, actually. And uh, the whole thing I tell everybody in life and sports, bad things happen. You can't lose respect for a fellow human being. That's not how I was raised in this game. There's, you know, I'm the, I'm the first one to stand there and, and gladiator mentality, but there, there has to be some sort of respect. And when you throw that away and you don't apologize, that's an issue. Because Claude me didn't apologize. That's the big thing. And he even said, like, Chris Draper never, you, you know, you wouldn't have heard of him if I didn't do that and blah, blah, blah. Well, Man, in life, in real life, I don't know, man. Like the different actions to be taken. So the whole thing, the clarity is you got to remember. And I, I prefaced it with the losing because we played them three times in the 96, 97 season before the March 26 game when we'd lost. So the rivalry fact, the only way out is through, right? You have some of the greatest rivalries with Vancouver and Calgary and Edmonton and all those years and stuff like this. You know that it comes down to usually, you got to beat one of those teams, right? And the same with them. Either got to go battle Alberta or come west to beat Vancouver. I mean, it's yep. just the way it is. So the fact that the the gravitas of the revenge, but the first thing is we had to win the game. You hear us all talk about it, and the and the beauty is nothing was ever said except when I got Chris Draper out of the hospital two days after in May of '96 when he got his his jaw broke. Um, you know, I said, "Don't worry, I'll take care of it." And that's all that was ever said. You know, for from any of us. So, um, the fact that you know the game didn't start out. They, uh, I think, Kaminsky scored early. We were down, but just the way I call it, karma is real. You got to keep your intentions pure. Be good. Call it God's shot. Call it whatever you want. But um, you know, it was that monster, all five foot five, one hundred and fifty pound Igor Larionov that started it all. <laughs> right, but not the fastest, the strongest, might be the wisest, the eldest. Yeah. I was on the ice. I was ready. I knew the was on the ice, but foot was ready. And without Brendan Shanahan breaking me free and picking Patrick Waugh off, who probably got DNA on my shirt, I didn't even know I was there because because I got away. And when I popped up, and the best thing about the Unrivaled documentary, 
is the fact that you get both sides of the story. Everybody gets to tell their truth of what happened. And and I call cock Claude. That's when you look him in the eyes. And I hit him as hard as I've ever hit anybody in the human history because I had every Red Wing fan ever in that fist that wanted to blast him. Right. And I got him turtled, you know, said he didn't turtle. He said that the man himself said yeah, that he that's did. hard he's ever been hit. He said he didn't. He said he was knocked out. And I, and I was oh. like, thank God, I can't hit you any harder. But I wasn't done because I, I didn't get him good enough. Then I smashed his face on the boards. Then I need him. And you're not supposed to do that. You can't I know. I remember the knee. Yeah. But I was raised by first blood John Rambo. He drew first blood. Right. Yeah. So he, he, you know, I was taught, learn the game. It's not about right or wrong. It's about learn the game and play it better. So he, he in wrestling, we call that no holds barred. Right, yeah. that was sort of the death match, and the fact that the kicker is, I got four minutes for roughing. And yeah. if you watch the beauty, is if you watched Unrivaled, you watch the replay because they have the best version of that. I hit him with the greatest knee. Yeah. Right, it was so so dirty and so like hit him so hard. Right, but right when he did, the referee Dvorsky turned his head, so he didn't see it. So he plausible deniability, and because they hated the Muse so much, I got four minutes, right? And then I stayed in the game and scored the overtime winner, which is the god shot, and which is the one thing that I say the first time that I ever felt it's going to be all right. Don't know what it means, but it's going to be all right. That cloud over the Red Wings was lifted, right? And I, I, I say that because I've only felt that twice. And the second time was when Steve Eisman was introduced as GM and vice president. So it's just not when now. It's when we'll get back there. But at that moment, at that moment, all the questions were answered. We were team tough enough. We had gotten to a different level. We, you know, this brought us together because, you know, that, that that's the greatest game in hockey history. Like if you're going to take the desert island, you got, not you got 11 goals, you got eight fights, you got goalies, you got everything in there overtime. The intensity you can cut it with a knife, and so the expectations of what was supposed to happen that night and everything else blew it out of the water. Like I always say, is that I don't care if you're Quentin Tarantino, Steven Spielberg, Francis Scorsese, you can't write a better script. Now, I'm a little biased because I was a star, but that's the big yeah. guys. Pick it up with him. The uh, yeah, you were saying wrestling there. You talked wrestling last time when we had you on. You had just interviewed Eric Young, and oh, then yeah. I ended up getting Eric Young a couple months after that. So it, it was yeah. another wrestling guy in common. Absolutely, EY is great, and we grew up. Uh, you know, we we grew up within an hour from each other. You know, he's okay. from Chatham area, so um, yeah, it's cool to see all. You know, it's cool to see guys, and no matter what age you know, come out of your area and do good and, and whatever it is. But I'm still a huge wrestling guy. You know, who's I got your favorite? What's that? Who's, who's your favorite wrestler of all time? Don't call Steve Austin. Okay. You got a favorite no. moment? I, mine are different because I'm a huge deathmatch guy. So I got to experience like last weekend in Tennessee in the deathmatch circle, the, the OGs in the American Deathmatch are the death, the Bloodbath Behemoth Tank and Matt Tremont, the bulldozer. Like these guys have fought all over the world for the past, you know, 20, 25 years. Japan, all these big matches, and they fought each other. And if you're like me, I love entrances. 
And yeah. so Matt Fremont comes out two separate ways, and it's and it's a movement. And then Tank comes out with the Reverend Dan Wilson. It's like a it's like a Slayer concert, and he does the introduction, and it's like so hardcore and it's intense. So um, I love moments. You know, people ask me, well, you know, do you like this or do you like that? And I, I, I like everything, and I'll turn anything on or t- anything off or walk in or walk out, depending on if I'm entertained. Storyline is, I'm a storyline guy, so as long as it makes sense, I don't have to like it. Yeah, we've gone on to interview a lot of wrestling guys. Eric Bischoff, we've had, uh, like, the Godfather, Savio Vega. Like, I was uh, just with the Godfather last week. Uh uh, at uh, at one of the comic cons, so okay, um, that's awesome. I think that might even have been where I where I thought I coming back and doing your doing it again. Yeah, uh, you still doing the CBD? And you're loving. Yeah, your- I got I got the Darren McCarty brand. Uh, yeah. actually, the shirt I'm wearing. I'll turn around. I don't know if you can see it or not. Oh well, yeah, that's the, that's the brand. We got the CBD. You know, the in state stuff to get the CBD roll on. Um doing a lot of stuff in conjunction with primitive, which is Calvin Johnson's, the hall of fame NFL yep. from the lions. Uh, so yeah, still, still, uh, plugging along with that. Um, as you know, obviously when in Canada, it's, it's all about, do you know, you have the option and then it's fine. And don't tell me what, tell me who, who's the grower, what do you need? What effect you want? So I'm just here to answer questions or fight, bro. That's it. I'm, <laughs> I'm here to answer questions or fight. That's, that's what I, that I say. What do you mean by that? We can get you on your path to whatever it is. It's just to know you have an option. Um, that's half the battle. Do you uh you ever have you ever smoked with Parker? Scott Parker. Oh Beauty. dude, the sheriff, of course. Yeah. Uh, he's my guy. I saw that you just interviewed or whatever yeah. like that. So they got Taboo Social Club. And the fact yeah. is that they've really done a nice job in in and using the flower of the CBD and the CBN and the CBG because that it's about the effects and trying to get what are you looking to accomplish and how it is and and there's a great just like the reason i say with my cbd roll on and stuff for pain management um why wouldn't you go to a guy who's had you know mental issues or been a tough guy that uses and that's the cbd like they they focus strictly on the cbd cbn cbg so that that makes it e-commerce for everybody so i encourage everybody to check out the taboo social club for sure um, love Scott Parker. A little side note. So I have, I have, uh, we, we have this, um, uh, hockey comic book through mess bucket comics called Donnie Brook and my, my team, right? So there's the Michigan massacre, which is the owner's team. Then there's the hell's kitchen heathen, which is Brian O'Halloran who played Dante in the movie clerks. Roddy okay. Piper's estate has one. Um, the Ohio Thrill by voice actor uh, Mike Travis because it's he's from Ohio, so they're the roller coasters. I have the uh, Burnaby Blazers, right? The pot smoking lumberjacks from Western Canada. Sure. Scott Parker, my my captain's name is Charlie Manson, but it's based off of Scott Parker. All my guys are based off of former tough guys in the comic book. So it's taken. It's a comic book. Why? Because last the test of time and we put all the stories in and each different comic has a story from a guy that played hockey doesn't matter the beer leaguers got stories there's a minor leaguers got stories four times stanley cup but it ties it all in 
and and we got a lot of different interest um in different people starting the team. So there's four books out. Check out messbucketcomics.com, Donnie Brook, but it's it's hilarious. But I got the Burnaby Blazers. We're uh we're green and white or green and black and pot smoking lumberjacks, Western Canada. So awesome. That's that's great. The uh, do you have any Gino Ojek stories? I don't other than no. other than playing against them and, and what are intense and just how much of uh just team knowing guys that played with them and just how much they loved them and shit like that. So um okay. do, do you have a favorite Stanley Cup? Nah man, you can't like the Stanley Cup are like kids. I guess which version of which are you asking D Mac or are you asking Darren? I mean, D-Mac, it's like, come on, man, shake your head. He scored. I scored that clincher yeah. in 97, the kid from across the pond, bringing cup back 42 years. Are you kidding me? It's why it's a mic drop, no contest to see the greatest goal in Red Wing history was that one over Steve Eisman's against St. Louis. Because why? <laughs> At the end of mine, you got a, you got a trophy. Hey, yeah. we lost. So it didn't matter. But um, no, they're all like kids, right? They all have storylines. You look at the next year, the back-to-back. The believe because of losing Vladdy because you know coming together that that's what I think solidifies twenty five years later is is the culture here you know because the people went through it too we all lost Vladdy right from not on the ice but went through that 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 healing process together and we still do to this day which by the way caveat Vladimir Konstantinov does appearances a couple times a month and. If you ask Oliver, he's he's better than we've seen him in 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 years, right? Good. So, you know, it's good to see him happy. It's a, he can communicate stuff like this. You go to O two, you know, it's it's like I said, it's great when you can shove it up people's asses, you know, to, to have yeah the Hall of Fame team, um, you know, but to win to win the President's Trophy or or whatever, but also win the Stanley Cup, and you know, I don't don't take it from me, take it from Wayne Gretzky, the greatest player in the world. Because he's quoted as asking, hey, Wayne, what's it like to play for the greatest team ever? And he says, I don't know. I didn't play for the 2002 Detroit Red Wings. So that's a yeah. pretty good pretty good pop by by the great one. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't sure if we were going to ask, if it was okay to even ask how Vladdy's doing. But, well, I think I gave you the update, yep. so I guess it is okay. Perfect. Uh, good for how people that know, good for people that, that, that care. How was your time looking back in Calgary? Love it. Love Calgary it. was like going back and playing junior again. I can't speak highly enough. Uh, Jerome McGinley, Robin Regeer, uh, Rat Warner, Chris Simon, Mickey Kippersoff's one of my favorite human beings. Um, Daryl Sutter, you know, Ken King, they, they treated me so good there. Um, yeah, I felt loved from day one, not just by the city and by the by the team. We had so much fun. Like I said, it was, it was especially the first year um, was a riot. So, I mean, it, that, that that out of all of the pills to swallow, that one when we lost seven games after beat up three two against Anaheim, we went on to win the cup in that year in Calgary. That's the one that that felt like got left behind. If you were having a dream dinner party and you could invite three famous people, other famous people, dead or alive, who you bring in? That's a great question, man. For me, I go with like Tupac. A, a Seth Rogen would be my comedian. I'd love to smoke joints with Seth Rogen. 
and then probably Paulina Gretzky for some eye candy. That's not bad, bro. <laughs> Tiger, Wood, Tiger Woods would be on that list. Um, I smoke pot with a lot of lot of famous people. I haven't smoked pot with Seth Rogen yet. Seth, we got to get that on the list, brother. Yeah. Um, but I'm willing to smoke. Uh, you know, I, I'm friends with Tommy Chong and Snoop and all those guys, and they're all great. Um, yeah. Tiger would be at dinner. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, Sean Whalen. Are you familiar with him? Lions so. not sheep. Lions not sheep. I encourage anybody as far as motivation and as far as like as and especially as a man. You know, like th this guy's got it. And uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. You know, who Gary Vaynerchuk is. Gary no. Vaynerchuk's a motivational guy too. Um, so I guess uh, yeah, it's tough because I I'd say Tiger Woods, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and um, um, who did I just name? The first one I named there, not Gary, because uh, uh, Sean Whalen. Sean Whalen. Yeah. Yeah. And one one person you named there too that I had on the show, Tommy Chong, great guy. Oh, phenomenal, dude! Tommy Chong helped me quit. I haven't smoked cigarettes since January second, uh, two thousand seventeen, and he gave me the secret. Yo, bro, you know I quit smoking cigarettes, man. It's just every time I wanted to smoke a cigarette, I'd roll up another joint, man, and then the time That's it would just actually work out man and you don't need it but you also know too well you also know too that's where the cbd the cbg all those taboo social club those that if you don't want to get the thc effect that these will help you there's there's so many if you want to look into it and you have to figure it out your own way but that could be an alternative to help too yeah that's just it too and i i smoke heavy all the time do you have a favorite road city Favorite road, probably Scottsdale, like Eric, like just because Scotty loved it and we'd always get in there early to golf. So you could always yeah. count on at least golfing once a year down there. Um, LA was always good because we were always connected and and did a lot of fun shit out there, especially once Chelly got into town. Um, Vancouver's phenomenal. Can't wait yeah. to get, get out there and eat some, eat some fresh fish and stuff like that. That was always, uh, Always a go-to. Plus, you had the Roxy, which was yeah. always the... That's sort of like... <laughs> it always reminded me of like the, the bar in Star Wars, tattooing. Like, you'd have three teams, two that played, one that was coming out, but you get to see guys over the years, and, and that's how, you know, you'd see some buddies that you played junior with or guys that you wouldn't see often, but you could... Vancouver is a good spot to always run into them. Are you still doing your podcast? Well, I'm doing Woodward Sports uh every woodwardsports.com i do the 11 to 1 show every day i started a hockey it's called chomp and puck every saturday at one i released that as far as the grind time with darren mccarty's on hiatus um okay. with with uh once i get the bus up and running um with the the pride which will come hopefully in the next few months uh and i can be mobile then then i'm looking to fire that up again and do what you guys are doing. I love what you guys are doing, looking at the roster, talking to different people, exploring it. And I, I think that, that that's the way to do it. So I might be leaning on you for some contacts. Yeah, that would be that that'd be fine. I'd love to help. And we could bang some off of you too. So the Absolutely. 
Do you still do the band? You're still the lead singer oh, yeah, of your absolutely. band. Band is uh, we're just filling out the festival schedule this summer, so we're playing. I'm playing about twenty times or so, um, along with uh, got some new stuff to record and. Yeah, so that's keeping me busy traveling around doing the, the slapstick comedy tour, which is in full force right now. So, so and then the wrestling and all that stuff. So, so there's always something like a lot of times people ask me, it says, Oh, when's your next thing? And I go, I don't know. I got something tomorrow. I don't know if it's wrestling or I find a when I look or when somebody tells me. So, keeping busy, busy's good. Uh, love getting out and about and seeing all the people and making the connections and stuff like that. So, um, you know, there's uh it's a great thing is after I'm done talking to you is I'm heading down downtown to the casino because uh what uh Skid Row and Buck Cherry are in town. Oh so sweet. yeah, so we're gonna go check them out. So uh so there's always something going on. Who returns the call faster, Maltby or Barnaby? It's got. I don't have Barney's phone number, but it's got to be Barnaby because Maltby does not return call. Malt is the absolute worst of the worst, and if you're putting Bar- <laughs> sounds like Barney's bad too. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, yeah but I mean, bad. you'd have to ask. You'd have to ask somebody. Somebody that would know. Yeah, we had him. We had Barnaby on, and he, he he's a great guy to have on. Funny guy. Oh, dude, oh. he's he's awesome. Yeah, he was. He was great. Uh, can you tell us about that one ritual he had, the rock, paper, scissors, where he had to go with, I think it was Sandy McCarthy. Okay, so, right? So everybody's got their ritual and stuff like this, but you always have to put in clauses. This is for your OCD. There's yeah. got to be clauses, right? One of the clauses to being last one off the ice. Now, it's imperative that that in the fine print of the superstition or the routine as it's normally known right it's as long as i'm last off for my team but if somebody else has and it's two guys like that you want to show that you're gentlemen i mean if you're going to tussle during the game it's going to happen and you're two guys but we want to show you that we're mature that we can go to rochambeau if we need to rock paper scissors and i love the fact that grapes got it Right at the time, John Cherry got it because it was on Hockey Night Canada. And Sandy McCarthy and myself, who a lot of respect for, uh, were the last ones. He was the last guy off the ice. So we stood and it was at Joel Serena and we looked at each other. We went Rochambeau, the head nod, boom, boom, boom. I lost. I exit. He gets, even though it's my home ice. Everything's covered there. The respect or whatever. And I think we won the game 6-1. So it doesn't matter. Uh, what do you think of the league now and all these pussies? Not my game. Yeah. Next question. Yeah. Um, no, okay. I mean, it's, it, dude, I'm grateful that I'm not playing because I wouldn't have been a hockey player. Okay. Um, yeah. And I mean. that, I mean, next year, so you got the unprotect, the unprotect, or unprotected uh, first that you got from Vancouver through Bo Horvat trade, but. Oh, we got go. Hey, go look at the draft. What Stevie does is he weaponizes that salary cap and draft capital. That's what I mean. We got three firsts, two seconds, four thirds, seven fourths, eight, nine, ten, whatever. You just you just put in a good spot. But no, I don't think we have a shot at getting Bedard because whoever gets okay. is a generational player. Yeah, that's for sure. I'd love to see him here in Vancouver. And we always get screwed in the bingo ball, so we don't need your help. Fuck yeah, Gary Batman League. Yeah, Vancouver gets screwed too. We finished last, and we somehow got to pick sixth. Like, yeah, yeah. why are you screwing Detroit, Vancouver? 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. Who's a better coach? For me, I think it's because I'm from there and I played here. It's got to be me. Who uh, who treated you better, Bowman or Babcock? Scotty. Well, Scotty said that I was his second favorite right winger I ever played okay. for. Him, so I'm a Scotty disciple. Uh, I didn't have a problem with Babcock, but I can understand that. My analogy, because I played for them both is that I would break it down that if they did the exact same thing, right, that Scotty Bowman, you were pretty sure that he liked to collect rings and what he did, if you were the brunt of it, it's because he, he thought it would win games and bring championships. Mike Babcock was more of, if you don't do it his way, nobody wins. That That's how I would br break the different styles down. Hey, I got like two, two more questions for you. Dave, can you just talk about your favorite fight like that you had or the toughest fight that you had? Well, uh, no, kosher. Okay. Well, yeah, Proby, but Proby didn't get go. I'm smart enough that it stopped, and but he hit Stevie, so I had to fight Proby. But Joey broke my helmet my rookie year. We hit our heads on the ice. He looks at me, says, you all right, kid? And I said, thanks for not killing me, Mr. Kosher, which <laughs> if you don't kill me, I'll come back and haunt you, and we won cups together. My favorite was uh, – you mentioned Barney earlier. I split Barney real good in Colorado one day in front of the Mets. So, um, all right. But the, but the second Lemieux fight off the opening faceoff, yeah. right after the next year, where I just chirped and I said everything that you're not supposed to say, and like every every bad thing. Oh, did you say that? Yeah, I did. Did you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I went there. Yeah, all that stuff, and then he and then Drapes wins the draw, and I turn and he blasted me, and I remember thinking, okay, good, he's gonna fight. So that was a good one. That was probably my favorite. Okay, and um, yeah, can you tell us a good locker room prank? Oh, uh, the assassin Chris Osgood, right? I mean, just. The the bet the best one that he had is it, it, he would sew your keys in your in your pants pocket, right? Like so, your keys would be in your pocket and he'd sew them, right? So you got to remember this isn't just like thread or whatever, and you can't get your hand in your pocket. You got to rip your pocket out, right? Or take your pants off and cut it. And, you know, it takes that's all good, right? And he'd do it like once every few months to somebody or something like this and get them. It's all fun and games if it's like playoffs or it's summertime or you got your shorts on in the spring or something like this. You're ready to go golf and, oh, that's funny. You know what I mean? But how about when he gets you on one of those winter – and you guys don't understand this out there – is on the minus 20-degree days with a foot of snow outside in the parking lot. You're standing there in your suit pants. You're going commando and you realize <laughs> put your hand in your pocket – and you can't get it in. The only way is you got to take your pants off and rip your pocket off your dress pants that are probably, you know, your wife's going to be mad at you or whatever. Yeah, you got Aussied. So he was always, always good at that one. Okay. Yeah, I, I heard an awesome one. Uh, the road stories. We love, People love hearing the road stories and stuff like that and locker room stories. That's what the, the Cornell brothers were telling me about Gino and how they snuck a 10-pound weight into his – suit bag and they couldn't and he was oh, carrying, yeah, around, yeah. carrying around and his probably suit bag. not even noticed it or not even bad yeah lash. yeah he didn't notice he couldn't figure out why his bet well why his suit was so heavy for the whole road trip that, so, hey boys being boys yeah do you have anything that you would like to plug or promote right now 
Yeah, I mean, if you're just following, obviously, uh, woodwardsports.com, check out, uh, do a show 11 to 1 Eastern every day called Big D Energy, but you can catch clips online or anywhere you catch the podcast stuff. Uh, Darren McCarty 4 on Twitter, if you're a Twitter guy. Um, official Darren McCarty, real Darren McCarty, blue check marks and the other ones. And uh, um, DarrenMcCarty.com for all your uh, – merchandise and questions and schedules and stuff like that. That's where I go to find out what I'm doing tomorrow. Hey, what if this is a question I didn't have written down, but the, what do you think when people see you in public and ask for pictures and autographs? Oh, like that? Dude, that's what, I'm the mayor, mayor of hockey town, baby. But no matter where it is, that's why I do so many things. Right. I, I have a say I'm, I'm a battery and the people are my power that, you know, for me to realize that they've always been there behind me. So I know where I was. Now I want to, you know, it's the culture and it's not only the culture of life and everything else that we got to live. It's the culture that, you know, if the hockey combines us or whatever else here, I'm fortunate, you know, um, to be loved as deeply as I am here. And I just want to give it back in, in all different ways that I do. So if you see me out and about, come on up, say hi. Yeah, perfect. I, I got to send you a couple pictures for an autograph, I think. Absolutely. We'll get you some for sure. Yeah.